coming to you from the Eon Project Studios, nestled in the forests of Harrisville, Rhode Island, the epicenter of paranormal activity in the Blackstone Valley. You're listening to Experts of Nothing with Mike and Jay. Hola, amigo. Oh, hola, Michael. Hello. How are you, sir? It's been a while. It's been a while. You know, uh, we've had comings and goings and goings and comings. We are. Yes. It, I don't remember the last time we did a show, but it's been a while. It's been a little bit. Why don't you tease the show before we get into our small talk banter for the day? Sure. Today's show is going to be, uh, I think we've actually talked about this briefly in the past. Mm. Maybe not a full show about it. But what we're going to talk about today is the... Uh, w- whether it's real or imagined, demonic influences in music. Yes. And so there's been some recent activity in the news we're going to discuss. And we're also going to discuss some of the uh, the historical aspects of sat- Satanism and demonic activity. Correct. In music. Yes. Music in the occult. Yes. Or Satanism in music and uh, something that has been prevalent uh, in music and uh, pop culture over the years for yeah. sure. Sure, and it's, yes. it's in the news now, so we figured it would be a good time to talk about it. Absolutely. Mike, before we get started, I want to give you a quick psychology test, if, if, oh I, my if God. I will. I will fail. So give me give me your first <laughs> instinctive response. Okay. okay. Okay? Ready. Here we go. Okay. All right. The noon meeting for tomorrow has been moved up by two hours. That's the question, or that's the statement. Okay. What time is it currently for the next meeting? 10 o'clock. 10 a.m.? Yeah. Or 2 p.m.? Moved up. 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. Okay. Yeah. Interesting answer, Mike. Interesting. <laughs> why, why is that interesting? So you have two types of people in the world. Okay. You have those that would answer if the if the noon meeting was moved up by two hours. You have the, the people like yourself mm-hmm. that would answer that as 10 a.m., meaning that it moved right. closer to you by two hours. Yep. Then you have the people... That will say 2 p.m., which means it moved away by two hours. Nobody thinks that. Yes. No. Yes. There are certain Only people. psychopaths think that. <laughs> well, I myself took this test, <laughs> and I answered it 2 p.m. Why would you do such a thing? Only an idiot moved would up. say that. Because you moved up. it up. No, moved up means earlier. No. Moved up and means I'm gonna earlier. Ex- I'm going to explain it to you. Please do. Okay. So, if you said 2 p.m., like I did... <laughs> It means that you are a person, you envision yourself as a person moving through time. Oh. You're moving towards the time. Okay. If you answered 10 a.m., that means that you envision yourself as someone who is stationary and time is moving back toward you. I think that whole thing is nonsense. And there's more to it, but I'm not Sigmund Freud. How does it even make any sense? I can't go any further. You can't can't go any further because it's dumb. (laughs) I can't go any further. I can't believe you would say moved up means back. Move, move up, it, move it forward. Move it. Forward in time. Move it. Move o'clock. it up. Move it up. You, before we get into the topic today, are you done with your psychology yes, test? Yes, okay. yes, You failed. I wanted to ask you, because we haven't had a show in a while, and you know, we, we like to accumulate, I, well, I don't know if you do it, I like to accumulate mm. um, things to discuss for the show um, that that kind of uh, bother me, or observations, or whatever we can discuss on the show. We don't talk about these things prior to, mm-hmm. so this is more like an organic conversation. My question to you is this. How long do you have to wait in a drive-thru before you become agitated about waiting in that drive-thru? <clears throat> Not well, first of all, it's fast food. Well, so if you wait fast food more or than coffee if or you something. wait more than 5 minutes, it's no longer fast. Yes, but what if there's a long line? I guess my question to you is is more related to to the individual that's in front of you. Mm-hmm. So if you're behind somebody in line and mm-hmm. please, please stop me if I'm if I'm being irrational which I tend to do sometimes. If you're behind somebody in line and you see multiple hand transactions yes. taking place in front of you, meaning 
you know, when you when you buy something from a fast food establishment, you give money, they give you change, mm-hmm. they give you the food, you leave. That's usually it, right? That's yes. Why would things change hands multiple times back and forth? Money, coupons, bags, drinks. Things are going back and forth outside and inside the window. Well, I'll tell you what's even worse than that is the ATM transaction. Oh, well, that's that's you're a, not even talking to anybody. No, the ATM transaction that's way worse should take less than thirty seconds. Thirty seconds. Thirty seconds. You go. You should have your card out. First of all, who goes to the ATM anymore? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody goes to the ATM. Nobody has cash. Well, what I wanted to discuss too, because this is kind of along the same lines. I feel like, excuse me, the COVID pandemic oh. is a smokescreen smoke for lots of bad service. Omicron. So basically what you have now is people blaming COVID for literally everything. Yep. And the, the crux of it came at a drive-thru the other day. I was at the uh, Burger King. Oh, BK. I enjoy Burger King. I love the Italian chicken sandwich. Oh, it's, it is good. But there was a sign that said, due to COVID, oh. we don't have any change. <gasps> so you have to give exact change. So... The pandemic Wait. infected the coins yep. to the point where they don't have any change. So, so you have to get... So my question is, if I don't have a debit card mm. and I want to pay for my Whopper sandwich, I have to have... Exa- or you won't give me well, change? Well, how about this? Well, why, in order to accommodate the customers, yeah. why not... Uh, uh, you know, round up the prices exactly. Make it make it an even five dollars. Sure, everything is five dollars. Right. Due right. to COVID, due to COVID, I only have a five dollar bill. Nope. So that's all you get for and, this Whopper sandwich. Yes, and the other thing is, you know, there's five there's five pimple faced momos in mm. there uh, hanging around doing nothing, and the service is ultra slow, but you can't say anything because due to COVID and staffing restrictions. No, there was no staffing restrictions. They just don't want to do anything. But let's blame COVID because that's that's the it's a good excuse uh, for everybody. Excuse. and a good excuse for why we're paying four dollars a gallon for gasoline. Thanks, Joe Biden. Love COVID. Anyway, okay. So what are we talking about? Today? Okay, so we're talking about the demonic or satanic. Is it demonic and satanic interchangeable? Are those two? I mean, I can say that they're that they're um, s- uh, similar. Okay, in a way, we're talking about the demonic and satanic influences in music throughout the years and in current. Current uh, current times, correct. And I think you were going to discuss about the historical aspects. Yeah. Of it. So I mean, this isn't something. This isn't something new. This is something that we've been dealing with, and, and humanity in general has been dealing with. And um, you know, so music has always been a part of of humankind, if you will. Okay. If you will. So if we go back many millennia, centuries, I wonder what the first caveman. First caveman took a stick and started hitting something, and it made a noise. Yes, right. You, you are you are making my point exactly, oh, Michael. Okay. So music in general touches our soul. Different degrees of music. Uh, Kenny different G. types of music. I love Kenny G, especially on Christmas time. I could rock out some Kenny G right now. What is what kind of instrument does Kenny G play? An alto sax. It is a sax, but it looks like a flute. Is it an alto sax? Not a flute, but a uh, some horn of some kind. But it, it does. It doesn't look like a sax. No, it, it is it's not, not bent. Your typical sax. It's not bent like some other things. It is straight. It's not a tenor sax. A tenor sax would be. Correct me if I'm wrong. Any musical people out there would mm. be the bendy sax that we're all <laughs> bendy sax. We're all used to. <laughs> you know what sucks love. about modern music? Yes. No sax solos like they were in the '80s. You had all mm. sorts of awesome sax solos, like that one. That was beautiful. And the sax is a very sensual <laughs> instrument. Mm. I feel like. Well, you know, your lips you put your are wrapped mouth around, around it. The, the big black yes. piece. You're licking on it. You're vibrating the reed mm. with your mouth. Vibration. But anyway. 
Going back to the first, as Mike stated earlier, when the first cavemen were banging rocks together oh. and throwing sticks around. And dragging women by the hair. And hanging around by the fire. Music has always had some sort of uh, some sort of touch on the soul of humankind. Mm. Um, whether it's some sort of droning note oh, or Ooh, any kind a, of nice any face. kind of druidish. You just made an O face. I did. Uh, musical uh, timber, tanner, tenor. If you will, timber. Lots of T's there, but it's always had some sort of mystical quality to it, mm-hmm. has it not? Yeah, I what, would. What say. do you think? I wasn't around in caveman days, but I would say that it has been mystical. Of course, it's been involved in different ceremonies and rituals and mm-hmm. uh, different kinds of things, mystical and magical over the years and the millennium. Millennia? Is it, is it millennia or, or millennia? Millennia. Millennia. Millennium is, is somebody who doesn't like to work for a living. Oh, that's true. What does millennia mean? There was a show called Millennium mm. that had that old grizzled actor. I can't remember his name. It was actually a pretty cool show. It was, it was kind of a spinoff of uh, X-Files. I can't recall that. You don't remember? No. It was called, Mille- I believe it was called Millennium. It was about, it came out around, around 2000. It was a spinoff of X-Files. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I'll have to go back and see if that interesting even exists Interesting subject matter. It's actually related to the show. Oh. But the point being, the overall point being, is that music has always touched the person Deeply touches people, and even now, if you fast forward, Ooh, touches people. you know, we all sit around sometimes, we spin the vinyl. Mm. You know, a, it all depends on the mood, right? And the mood, the mood. Sometimes, the mood. if you're in a, you're in a head banging mood, yes, you might listen to some Megadeth, some yes. Slayer. Uh, yep, if you're trying to get down and dirty with the wife, mm. you, you throw on it some, up. some Al Green, Al Green, Lou Rawls, Lou Rawls, oh Lou Rawls, Ooh, Barry White. You'll never find mm. another love a than love mine. like mine. Mm, mine is he, nice. He sung it better than we did. Yeah, he did. My overall point being is that music touches us. It touches us on some level, one way or another, whether we like it or not, depending on a mood, depending on our, our alcohol uh, level, <laughs> yes, uh, uh, intoxicants of, yes. of various kinds. If you're high on weed, Pink Floyd sounds but, awfully good. Exactly. But the real question is, Michael, mm. does it actually have tangible, mystical, or occult or satanic properties that can influence human beings. Hmm. What do you think? I think it's interesting because music is an off, is a big part of uh, religious ceremonies. Mm. Any, type, any type of religion you, you uh, can imagine, there's some sort of music. Correct. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. Well, let's flash forward. <laughs> let's flash forward from our ancestors, which, <clears throat> real quick, just a side note. Have you heard of this guy called the Liver King? The you heard this camp. guy? He's got. He's 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 all the rage right now uh, in the fitness and health industry. I've not heard of the Liver King. Look him up when you get a chance. I will do that. Is he, does he make liver and onions plates? The guy is absolutely jacked. Oh, he's jacked. He's ripped. He's got a beard that's better than mine. Oh, that's difficult to imagine. And but he lives what we call quote unquote the ancestral lifestyle. Oh, so he has like the paleo diet. Pale, kind of paleo. What he does, I saw a video of him recently where he took a salmon, an actual salmon, out of the salmon. out of the waters, like a bear. Did he grab it with his mouth? And he held it above his head and he squeezed the salmon until all the eggs Ew. came out and he, and he ate them. Ew! From a live, from a live. <laughs> I swear to God. What if it was a boy? <laughs> he was eating, and the he testes. consumed all of these eggs. That's gross. And he. Proclaims to live the ancestral lifestyle. So he's okay. So he's just like he lives off the land. However, so do you speak. see a flaw in his in his reasoning? I mean, it's difficult to live off the land. Number one, you got to. It requires a lot of effort. Well, how about this? 
There's a reason why our ancestors only lived to be 30 years old. Yeah. Because they knew nothing about nutrition, right. health, and right proper diet, disease, and bacteria. They just and... ate whatever they could, whatever came their way. They didn't care. They were just eating to, to survive. This looks like good boot leather. I'm going to eat it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right, so flash forward. Flash forward to semi-modern times, oh. if you will, with the music and the occult. Okay. You ever heard of Jelly Roll Morton? Uh... Jelly Roll Morton, I believe, he used to drive the the uh, number fifteen bus through Providence, Rhode Island, mm. in the seventies. No, ripped the bus. Oh, yes, no. Jelly Roll, Jelly Roll Morton was an early jazz pianist. Jelly Roll, yes. And believe it or not, he was actually thrown out of the house by his grandmother. Like literally, yes, for playing the devil's music. What's the devil's music? Well, back in the day, jazz music was considered oh, to be the devil's music. Scary jazz, absolutely. You ever been to a jazz club? It's actually kind of cool, but you have to be intoxicated. I can't say. You you can't just go in there sober and like sit there and listen to jazz. I can't say I've ever been to a jazz club. Uh, I've I've stumbled into a couple of jazz clubs usually mm. at the end of a night because that's usually what's over open is the jazz club and you've you, there's nowhere else to go and you just kind of sit there and you listen to jazz. Where where have you been to a jazz club? Oh, I'm trying to think. You know, just I, I I'm such a world traveler mm. and, and I've been everywhere, been around the world and I I I. I can't find my baby. <clears throat> All right, so we talked about saxophones earlier, correct? We did. So apparently, saxophones were viewed. With suspicion back in the day. Oh. They were considered a, uh, a scandalous instrument <laughs> and were banned by Pope Pius X. Oh, that Pius. He was In 1903. Yes. Why did he ban the saxophone? Well, they were, they were used to belt out jazz that aroused lewd dancing. Ooh, and it provoked uh, alarm and moral outrage. Okay. Back in the, uh, in the early 1900s. So the dancing was outrageous. It was completely can't outrageous. Dance. No dancing. You can't like dance. The whole world was like a flash dance. Yes. Not flash dance. Footloose. Footloose was the town where you're out dancing was outlawed. You couldn't you couldn't dance in Footloose. No. You could only drive a tractor. But did you see you saw Footloose? Kevin Bacon oh, of was course. in it, right? Of course. And was Kevin Bacon the one doing all those sweet dance moves yes. in Footloose? Yes. Or was um, some stunt foot stunt quick, feet? Quick uh uh J um revelation. <laughs> I loved Footloose. <laughs> I used to dance like the Dickens. Whenever Footloose would come on, yes. I loved Kevin Bacon. Oh. I loved the scene in the uh, the hot, sweaty, oh, yeah, dusty scene in the uh, the farm, the barn there where he was doing like all the gymnastics stuff and he was dancing like crazy. Gymkata. Oh, I loved it. Oh, good for you. <clears throat> anyway, <clears throat> excuse me. I keep clearing your. So apparently, the Venetian composer Giuseppe Tartini. Have you ever heard of him? Oh, Giuseppe. Yes. 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 He said he was inspired to write the sonata in G minor, also called the Devil's Trill. After Satan playing a violin appeared to him in a dream. Ah. So Satan has been the inspiration of music for many, many millennia. I see. To be quite honest. So what was it about his particular song that was uh, uh, satanic in nature? Well, it's it's interesting because uh, Tartini used something called tritones. And I don't know. Uh, I know, Mike. You don't know a whole lot about music. I am but, not a musical person. No. But it's a. It's basically a musical interval that goes across three entire tones, and was branded the Diabolus in Musica. I wonder who decided that. And it was also called the Devil's Interval, oh. is what was what that translates to. And these dissonant chords they actually reappear in heavy metal music by bands such as Slayer, oh. Black Sabbath, and I'm and, sure. Quincy- and believe it or not, ready for this? Yes. Even in the edgy theme song of The Simpsons. Really? Yes. It's in The Simpsons. It's exactly correct. Oh. Yes, the tritones the are tritones. are there. That sounds like a cool uh, name for a, a, a crooning group from the 50s. The 50s, yes. We're the tritones. The tritones. Yes. Yes, but we'd be the, the bitones. I wonder if these guys Me are and the you would be the bitones. We would be the Ready? bitones. Ba- 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 I don't I can't sing. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. 
Well, that was exciting. That was exciting. Do you have anything to add to any of this? To the historical part of it? Well, I mean, do you, do you find that this... <laughs> Let me ask you this. Do you think that music in and of itself has some sort of um, mystical quality to it? I've, again, as I've mentioned before, I feel like music is a integral part of religious ceremonies, depend, no matter what religion it is. So there must be some kind of um, synchronicity between the music, the person singing it or playing it, and there must be some sort of uh, magical aspect to it. Yes, mm. I would say that there is. Because mm. it makes you feel a certain way. Interesting. Which may, many things, you know, it's not... A lot of things don't have that type of influence on people. Correct. So after I after I give the the um, origins of all of this, I'm going to give you my personal opinion on on how I feel about the influence of music over people. Okay. How does that sound? Sure. Let's do it. All right. Well, have you ever heard of Robert Johnson? I have heard of Robert Johnson. What do you know about Robert the Johnson? The Delta Blues King. Exactly. Yes. Yes, he was a uh, Mississippi-born musician back in the day. Mm-hmm. A black fellow, if you will. Yes, he was. Can we say that now? So apparently he made a deal with the devil. Yes. Why are you making all these weird guttural well, noises? Well, no, it's my, um, <laughs> heaves. it's my heaves. I have the heaves. I get the heaves on occasion. <laughs> I have serious gastrointestinal issues yeah. that uh, emanate sometimes when I least expect them. Let's talk about Robert Johnson. So Robert Johnson made a deal with the devil. And, Supposedly. Uh, he was a, a, a blues musician back in the day. Mm-hmm. And... The problem with, with him was he couldn't really play the guitar. Supposedly, that's the legend as it So has he it. and I had a lot in common. Yes. So he made the, he made a deal with the devil at the crossroads oh. at some point and said, hey, I'll sell my soul to you uh-huh. uh, if you allow me to be the best uh, blues guitar player of all time. Mm. And supposedly he came back from this uh, deal and went to these, uh, you know, the clubs and all the different places that they would play back in the day in the Delta regions. Mm-hmm. And he would play, and he would play unbelievably well. Oh. Uh, people couldn't even believe what he was doing mm-hmm. with his um, uh, licks and his oh. scales and all of his uh, blues Especially playing that he was doing. Mm-hmm. And the woman couldn't even believe it. Couldn't That's believe for sure. the licking, for sure. So did he really make a deal with the devil? I don't know. How did he even contact the devil? How do you get a hold of the devil? Do you call him on, well, on speed dial? How does that happen? I believe, and I'm not sure if you were going to touch on this, but I believe uh, the uh, prevailing theory was that if you went to a, a crossroads at midnight, that was where you could meet the devil. Mm. And it, it, you could go to a deserted crossroads. And correct me if I'm wrong, but if you... Let's say you wanted the devil to tune your guitar for yes. you. You would go to the crossroads at midnight. You would put the guitar over your shoulder, and then the devil would come, and he would tune your guitar for mm. you with the the transaction being for your soul. If I'm not mistaken, there was a movie in the 80s with um, Ralph Macchio who played... Ralph uh, Macchio. Ralph Macchio was, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> was in this movie, and yes. he did a similar thing uh-huh. where he made a deal with the devil to play the guitar. I think it was called Crossroads, if I'm not mistaken. Ralph Macchio, man, he's, uh, he's, he's had a resurgence lately because mm. of the Cobra Kai Netflix mm, show. Cobra Kai. Which, have you watched Cobra no. Kai? It's really not that good. It's no, okay. It's probably not. It's okay. Nothing special. So, it, you know, it's been proved attractive for musicians to claim uh-huh. that they also made a deal with the devil. Many musicians over the years... You know, John Lennon being one of them. John Lennon said that he Oh, had, yes. Uh, in a press conference, uh, he said the reason the Beatles were so success- successful excuse me, is that he had sold his soul to the devil. Oh. Katy Perry. Caddy? Katy Perry, Easy e Bon Jovi. Easy e Snoop Dogg. What? All of these people have, been, have proclaimed that they've uh, made a deal with the devil. I have somebody that's probably not on your list. Who's that? 
uh, one of the island boys. You know oh. the island boys? The island, island boys. boys. I'm an island, island boy. And I'm an I'm island boy. Anyway, one of them was on the uh, uh, Instagram recently, I believe, and yes. said, "Yeah, man, I sold my soul to the devil, man." And said, even though he's like, you know, white and from a, a rich neighborhood, he talks mm. like, like he's from Jamaica or trying to sound like he's from Jamaica. But anyway, he claimed that he sold the soul to the devil. And what all I could think about when I heard that was, really. This guy, mm. that's all you got from for exchange for your soul was to be the island boy? But you know what? That one stupid song that they made <laughs> they is going to make him a million dollars. Well, they made more than that by now. Oh, my God. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Blues has been one of these things where a lot of people have used satanic words and supernatural images to help make their music more powerful, such as, you know, in the, you know, remember Skip James? No. Well, he, he had a song called Devil Got My Woman. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And even Little woman. Richard. You remember Little Richard? I remember Little Richard. He was little. Is he still alive? No, I believe Little Richard died. He was a very um, flamboyant uh, piano player. Good golly, Miss Molly. Back in the day. And, you know, I've read a lot about Little Richard. He was quite the uh, interesting. He wasn't a ladies' man. Deviant. <laughs> he, did, he didn't matter who it was. He, did, he didn't matter to him. <laughs> He had a lot of key parties, did he? So he, he declared that his, his career was directed and commanded by the power of darkness. Really? Even Little Richard. I don't was, think I've ever heard that story. Was into that back in the day. But, it, you know, you go to the Beatles, the Rolling Stones. A lot of those bands were a little... Mm. And, and a lot of them did it not necessarily because they believed in it, Satan and the power of Satan over their music. Okay. A lot of them did it because of money. They did it for um, huh. publicity. They did it for... Uh, just to get more notoriety. So because, you, okay. So do you think they're actually doing it, or are they saying they're doing it in order to get the notoriety? Well, some did and some didn't. Right. Hmm. It's all about selling money. It's about the bottom selling money. It's about the bottom dollar. Hmm. Follow the money, as they as they would say. Right. Okay. Yes. Well, uh, I'm not sure if you meant Led Zeppelin would be in that list. They yes, have lots Led of, Zeppelin uh, comes up prominently in this. Yes. So they were very much into the mystical, mystical art and the uh, the occult and the uh, the esoteric. Well, I believe that all of them except for John Paul Jones, right? He was the one that was kind of like, eh, I'm not getting into. Well, football. I don't know about John Paul Jones specifically, but I can tell you that Jimmy Page yeah. uh, uh, reportedly attended seances. Yes, he collected a uh, you know occult artifacts mm-hmm. and even purchased a bullskin house. Bullskin house. Which what was bullskin house, Mike? Do you know uh, that? Yes, it, it was a, a manor in England that used to belong to uh, one Alistair Crowley. That is correct. The um, wickedest man in the world. Yes, Alistair Crowley himself. was uh, very very. Uh, much into the adult you know, and Satanism. Speaking, speaking of Aleister Crowley, and uh, we're probably not going to get into him much, but I wanted to mention, uh, I actually, you know, you see this, you hear about Aleister Crowley, he's a wicked magician and a black magician and all this stuff. And then I actually heard a recording of his voice one day, and mm. I go, oh man, this is going to be so cool. And he got on there and he went, he had this high-pitched, really annoying voice. And you go, oh my God, this guy? Everyone's afraid of this guy? It sounds like Mickey Mouse. like a chipmunk. So, oh my God, oh. Mike, let me ask you this. Yes. Something that you... So Mike and I go back a long way. Too far. And we've spent a lot of time together intimately over the years since we were youths. youths. A lot of strange things happened between him and I. That's true. What do you remember from... And we're going to call it junior high school because it's we, we didn't go to middle school. We went to junior high school. That's correct. What do you remember specifically from junior high school? Because <laughs> we went to a Catholic school. It we was did. a private school. It was Catholic. And the girls didn't wear the little uniforms with the uh, the knee socks they and did. the plaid. And they didn't they like us been either, nicer so it didn't did. matter. No. However, what do you remember about the music and the occult from junior high that you can recall? I can recall very clearly that there was a special presentation <clears throat> made yes. by a man by the name of Joe Vieira. Yes. Who came one, uh, one fine afternoon, and he had a presentation to the entire uh, student body. And basically what it was was... 
he explained how, uh, including music, uh, video examples and audio examples of all the current musicians that were uh, peddling demonic influence through their music. Mm-hmm. And so, and the reason I remember it so clearly was because I was nominated to, or if I volunteered, I don't remember, oh. run his little soundboard oh. for his presentation. So I remember it. I actually sat through his presentation multiple times. That dude basically explained that every popular music act at the time was involved in Satanism. Mm. And some of the connections he made were tenuous at best, if I had to guess. Well, they were, looking back on them now. But back then, I this was bought in into it. Sure. It was amazing. Sure. I was into You know, he showed us uh, hidden messages yes. on Led Zeppelin albums yep. and uh, Black Sabbath. Black uh, Sabbath. Played uh, music backwards. Sticks. He sticks. mentioned sticks specifically because he said sticks, you know, was the uh, the, the the river that runs That's through right. hell. Yes, correct, correct. In yes. Hades or Hades. Whatever. Yes. yes, yep. Sticks. Um, there was another band he mentioned, um, In Excess. Mm. Believe it or not, he said In Excess was uh, was related to de- devil worship, and I'm like, really? Mm. Okay. In the whole point, the Beatles, being, and that was right around the time. So that would have been uh, late '80s, early '90s. Yep. Um, and this is where, because in the 70s and 80s, it was real, a lot of this really started taking off. Yes. So, actually, there was one gentleman. His name was Screamin' Jay Hawkins. Do you remember Screamin', Screamin Jay, Jay Hawkins? Yeah, he had a Halloween song, right? Or was well, a song that, I put a spell on you. I put, yes, that I was remember a big that. hit. I put yes. a spell on you. That was back in ni- the 1956, I believe. Uh, he was a uh, another mm. black gentleman mm-hmm. um, who, that was like shock jock, shock radio, yeah. shock music back then because he did a lot of that kind of imagery, right? Yeah. right? Where it was like voodoo kind of thing right. and it was like uh, skulls. Voodoo mama juju. And all that kind of stuff. And then whoever, basically, well, Alice Cooper, we know about Alice Cooper who kind of took that to another level in right. the late 60s and 70s and with his live shows and his, his Satan satanic imagery and yeah. imagery of and death. And there was a lot of bands in the 80s that, that kind of went that route. And, and even to today, the, the, there's death metal bands and Correct. things of that sort that, that have that imagery. And we all know Ozzy Osbourne, right? So he himself, and he wasn't necessarily a satanic person, but he himself believed that he was possessed by the devil, believe it or not. Oh. Where his the term, the Prince of Darkness, that's what they called him. And he mm-hmm. was quoted as saying, I was convinced I truly was possessed by the devil. I remember sitting through The Exorcist a dozen times saying to myself, yeah, I can relate to that. <laughs> Have you seen The Exorcist recently? Uh, well, uh, past couple of years, I think. It It's really not as scary as you remember it mm. being. It's kind of not, it's kind of boring. You don't like it? Eh, I liked it when I saw it when I was a kid. It was because it was kind of scandalous. Mm. Oh, I'm watching The Exorcist. But mm. when you watch it again, it's like, eh, it's really not that. Yeah. It's more blasphemous than It's anything. pretty blasphemous. Yeah. I don't like the puke thing either. I you're not, like you're not into puke? I'm not into the puke Bodily thing. fluids? Not into the vomiting. No. Um, pain, I have a problem with vomiting, showers, actually, myself. Corprophilia. I don't like the poo-poo. No. The poo-poo and the poo-poo. Poo-poo and pee. <laughs> this one's for socks and poo-poo Wendy's. <laughs> Let's talk about black metal for a second. Oh, so black metal. So, a lot of this stuff, as we as we mentioned earlier, is um, it's just stuff that guy people do. You know, they want to they be one. Well, that's what I was asking you. If are they doing it for the shock value? Some are, but some are really into this lifestyle. Mm. Like a lot of black metal bands are really into this stuff. Yes, Um, and they live the life, and they walk the walk, and they talk the talk, if you will. Yes. And, uh, you know, they, they intentionally put these messages into music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of this imagery is, is stuff that they believe in. So yep. let's flash forward. Let's do so. 
well, not not even necessarily flashing forward, but just what is my own thought on this whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. Is there secret subliminal satanic occult messages in music, mm-hmm. in modern music, rock music, things of that sort, pop music even? I say yes. Mm. I agree that people do this. Right. I believe that musicians do this. I believe that they do it for a variety of different kinds of reasons. Right. Do I believe that it has some sort of mystical or uh, supernatural power over the influence of others? I do not. However, I believe something that we when we started this program, I believe the historical nature of music, right, where it first came from and ceremonially how we use it mm-hmm. and the mystical uh, origins of it and how it inf- influences people mentally. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm talking about human contact. I think that it can have some influence over people. And there's real-life cases of some of this dark, demented music with messages in it influencing people to do things, yeah, evil things. And why is that? Because people are, number one, easily easily influenced. Right. They're under the influence of different uh, hallucinogens or chemicals or things of that sort. They have a history of mental illness. Mm-hmm. So they can be influenced by other people. But not necessarily a supernatural event. I see. What do you so, think? So they could, uh, by that rationale, they could be influenced by a book or a, a, a picture or a painting or something along those lines too. Not just not just music. Not just music. No, oh. no. Of course not. Interesting. It could be it could be just about anything because they are they're easily uh, manipulated. Yeah, if you will. Hmm. No. Well, uh, my opinion on it is I believe that. I, I think we, we probably are very similar in our belief. I think that they I think that musicians, some musicians do they try mm. to, to influence and they try to use these things. That's not necessarily means that it works. Yes. But I think that they, they make an over effort to do so, whether it's just for publicity or just just to see if they can get away with it or just to, you know, just for the notoriety that's involved, whether whether it works or not, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but I think that, that they do intention there's no way that you can say that certain musical acts don't right. intend to do that. Of course they do. No, some of them very much do. And we're going to I think we're going to yes. talk about that and We're going to talk about the Travis Scott part uh, of the program. and, and the uh, the Travis Scott tragedy which took place very recently and I know that's kind of been, been kind of in the news and mm. it's, it's been something that's been interesting to me for a while so I want to talk about that specifically but yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about the halfway um the halfway point of the show here, what we're going to be Yeah, doing. so I, well, you know on this program if you're new to the show, welcome first of all. Secondly, uh, around halftime of the show, we like to do something that's completely unrelated to the topic, usually funny in nature, or at least it's try to be funny. But today, mm. well, not today, but recently. This is a red letter date. Red letter date. We recently unearthed yep. from the uh, moldy files yes. of the local television station. Correct. We were able to find a lost 80s sitcom mm-hmm. that uh, that I was not aware existed. But we were able to, to find some uh, uh, some information about this sitcom. Uh, we're going to play for you the uh, the theme song mm-hmm. and a little bit of a snippet of the show itself. And I feel like a lot of our this this is a show that it could exist today. Yes, but not only that, we have recently been mm-hmm. contacted by a major network. Yep, uh, from Hollywood. Yes, from Hollywood. And they've asked us because they they too <laughs> have decided they want to reboot this series. Yes, and they, they asked want us to be us involved to take part in it. Yep. And uh, basically be executive producers on the program. Yes. And that's what we're going to do, I think, going forward. Casting couch. Casting call. Yeah. Email us. Yeah. So anyway. Immediately. Before we get to that, uh, you can actually reach us at theguys at hermitlight.com. We forget to get that out. Mm. It's theguys at hermitlight.com. That is our parent company, the Hermit Light folks at Hermit Light Media. 
which are we, we can actually talk about that later. We'll get some exciting news from Hermit Lake. Exclusive too. information. Yep. Stand by. Coming next September to the full comedy lineup of CBSBC, it's a new take on a timeless comedy classic. It's Robin Paul, the oddest of couples sharing laughs, misadventures, and the love of exotic costume dancing. Enjoy the antics and intrigue of two bosom buddies trying to find themselves in the rough-and-tumble world of studio living and the comedic seedy underbelly of Lower East Side Manhattan. They can't agree on the state of living in their apartment, but can't agree that there is nothing more sensual or lucrative than dressing up in their favorite zoo animal costumes and dancing provocatively for people of all demographics. Join us this fall for some furry costume fun with Robin Paul, exclusively on CBS BC. Robin Paul, Paul and Rob, one is neat. One is a slob, and neither is the same. Working together, they'll achieve fame. They like to dance and dress in fur. They'll put on a show for him and for her. It's Paul and Rob, Rob and Paul. If you want to have fun, just give them a call. Giant pandas, kangaroos. No matter the outfit, their presence is huge. Come me, come you, come one, come all. Here comes Robin Paul! Robin Paul! What a night! What, did your car get towed? Again? No, no. I was down working at the club, you know, my regular shift. Well, I was about to go on stage and my costume ripped. Wait a minute. Didn't you borrow my favorite giant teddy bear costume for tonight? Uh, yes. I guess you could say that now it's air-conditioned. Who is it? It's Mr. Lasso, your landlord. Oh no, it's Mr. Lasso, and we don't have the rent money. I guess it's out the window and down the fire escape again tonight. Yeah, let's grab some outfits and head to the Fuzzy Peach to make some cash. Okay, let's go. Are you wearing my underwears? No, no, these aren't yours. They say Saturday on them. Oh, you're the worst roommate ever, Rab. Welcome back to the Eon Project with Mike and Jay. So that was Robin Paul. Yes. Robin Paul are going to be, uh, I think it's going to be a big hit. I hope so. And he, here's my thing. Here's what I really hope for Robin Paul. I hope Robin Paul resurrect mm. um, basic network television, right? <laughs> like the sitcoms of the 80s? Exactly. Because, you yeah. know, CBS, NBC, it ABC. Sucks. It's terrible. It's terrible. Network television. Nobody watches is network television. Nobody. No. Does anybody? Nobody. Lowest does. common denominator. Nobody does. People watch that. Yeah, it's brutal. But this is going to resurrect it. Big thanks. Again with the heaves. Sorry, man. <laughs> oh, that sounded weird, didn't it? It sounded weird. It sounded like it was possessed by the you devil. You were possessed. So we talk. We're, we're, uh, our show tonight is about the uh, uh, the occult and demonic influences in music. Yep. 
And it and actually the the thought for this show emanated from a mm-hmm. a, a current event that we that went on about a month about a month ago that's been in the news, and that was the Travis Scott tragedy, mm. which took place in Houston, which is not funny, but. Um, we're going to talk about the uh, about what happened and about his history, a little bit about him. I didn't know a lot about Travis Scott before this happened. I don't even know who this man is. Maybe to be because quite honest. maybe because uh, you know we're old people now. Yes, and we're out of the music scene. Is the, he the hip, must be popular. Hip music scene. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about Travis Scott. So basically, he's out of Houston, the great state of Texas. Love Texas. I lived at Houston. Love for it. A number of years. It's, it's actually kind of a pit. Been there many years. It's it's many a, times. I should it's say a, it's very humid. The air is thick. Like a, it's very like a voluptuous thick. woman, mm. uh, except not as good. And um, yeah, anyway. So his real name is, it's not Travis Scott, which Travis Scott sounds like a name that somebody it would have. Like right? It sounds name. like a normal name. No. Yes. His real name is Jacques Berman Webster II. That, he should have kept that <laughs> he name. He should have kept that name. Jacques Berman Webster II. Oh, my name is Jacques Berman Webster II. He doesn't oh, look like a Jacques Berman, but oh. anyway. Anyway, mm. so he came out of Houston. He's been well-known in the hip-hop world, hip-hop rap world, Love for about it. eight or Love nine, it. eight, nine, ten years. Again, I didn't know who he was. I'd heard his name before. He started out, uh, He started off, you know, kind of small like they all do. He became kind of a bigger deal. And basically, the, re- the way he's began, uh, gained prominence in the last several years mm-hmm. is because he's um, had his own music festival. Oh. So essentially, he, he was part of a bunch of music festivals. He ac- accumulated enough wealth, and he purchased a plot of land across from the old Astroworld um, site in Houston. You know, do you remember Astroworld? So used to be I a remember theme park. the Astrodome. Yes. Yeah, so is it, it near there? Yes. Yeah, so the Astrodome was was the uh, was the indoor stadium where they used to the Astros used to play there. I believe the Houston uh, Oilers played there. Uh, Here's a little Mike day. and Jay history quick. Yeah. Mike and Jay and another <laughs> friend of ours went to the Astrodome one time. I don't the know if Astrodome. I don't know if Mike remembers this or not. It was a long time ago. And we participated in a, um, it was a sporting event. Um, it was a bunch of different sporting things that were going on. That wasn't at the Astrodome. It wasn't? That was, no, that was in San Antonio. That was at the Spurs Arena. No. Yes, no, it was. We no. never went to the Astrodome. was like in the 80s, dude. Nope. 80s, 90s, early we'll 90s. We'll have to discuss this later. But oh, anyway, we did a, uh, a, a sporting <laughs> thing. Yeah, that was in, that was in San Antonio. we did Antonio. a three-on-three tournament. Yeah, in San Antonio. That was not Houston. And we lost. Which is about right. But anyway, so he purchased this plot of land and, and he started a music festival called Astroworld mm. because he's from Houston. Astroworld was a theme park there. It became a big part of his life. So he wanted to, to, to kind of do that. So he started an annual festival there. Uh, and uh, in 2018, uh, there were some well-known, well-known participants in the, the music festival. Post Malone. You ever see a Post Malone? Yep. I've heard of Such him. Such a pretty talented He delivered musician. my mail yesterday. Yep. Little Wayne, Lil Wayne, Lil Wayne, Young Thug. Oh, Young Thug. Uh, Gunna. How about Fudgy Q? Was he there? Nope. Okay. Sheck West, Metro Boomin, <laughs> Tippy Red. Oh, Smoke Purple, uh, Virgil Abloff, and Tommy Genesis. Oh, I like Smoke Purple. I don't know any of those people, uh, but that was the first one, I guess. But Travis Scott has long been um, plagued by violence at his. Shows. So how far back does this guy go? Like, like Again, it's his, been around 10 years. 10 years. Been around 10 does years. he have any songs that like, no. we would know? He's one, of these, he's one of these hip-hop rap guys that does auto-tune. So okay. like, all his yeah. songs are like... <laughs> like yeah. that. He doesn't yeah. really have a singing voice. But more like let me a ask, speaking. Well, how does he come to prominence is my question, though. Like He must have a so, popular song. Because back I don't in the know day, that's how of, you became... I don't know any of his That's how you gain notoriety. I'm sure he does have popular songs. You wrote a song and people liked it, I don't right? know any of his songs. Maybe he... But there's something... There must be something out there that we don't know. Something out there that we don't know. Okay. Anyway, so he started these festivals. 
at the festivals, he uh, and actually not just this festival, but I'm going to talk about one in just a moment. Mm. Um, actually, in 2015, he was at Lollapalooza, which you know, Lollapalooza. Oh yeah, festival, that's right? a good one. He was actually charged and arrested for disorderly conduct after inciting concert goers to ignore security and rush the stage. Oh. Uh, that same year was an open air festival in Switzerland where he encouraged fans to attack a man who took his shoe while he was crowd surfing by stopping the concert and repeatedly telling the crowd to blank him up. So when he was crowd surfing, somebody stole his somebody shoe? Somebody stole Travis Scott's shoe. Well, you know what he doesn't know? <laughs> what? He should take some advice from uh, Kobe Dick. Who's the the uh, the lead singer of Papa Roach. Oh yeah, and that is duct tape your shoes to your pants so people can't steal them. I didn't know that. that I, was, did, I did. I tried to steal I, his I, shoe I, one time. It was duct. Did tape. you really? Yeah, I did. <laughs> At, uh, it's great, man. Lupos. Anyway, so he stopped the concert and encouraged everyone to beat him up. Mm. Except he used better words. He's also famous for encouraging his fans to rage. Oh. Like, it's time for the rage, and everybody's supposed to rage, and it's more like a, you know, like as in mosh pittings. Yes. You've been in a mosh pit yes, before, I have. right? What do you, I have. What is, what's the mosh pit experience like for you? So, the mosh pit experience, it's not necessarily about hurting a person. It's just a okay. matter of bouncing around. What, you, is the, what is the goal of the well, mosh you pit? Well, you get, you know what? You were about me, to swear. No, no, no. Oh. It's for, you know, because like, I, I, you know, like uh, heavy metal shows okay. and rock shows and things like that. You get fired up. As we stated earlier. The music earlier, is, yes. Exactly. The music gets early, to you. you. You're drinking. Yep. You're, you may have smoked a few things. The reefers. And you're, you, you just, the music and the, the stage presence and everything and everybody just, the energy is just flowing and you mm-hmm. just push people around. Because I got, I got tossed one time, big time in a mosh pit. Mm. And because uh, I punched somebody, guy, guy in the face. Because I didn't realize the... You're not supposed to do that. No, I didn't realize what the mosh pit etiquette was. You're not supposed to punch people. Because I got offended because I got hurt. Oh. So I turned around and wailed on somebody. And then I got <laughs> tossed across the pit and picked up and then slammed. And the guy said, you can't do that. I'm just trying to tell you how it goes. And I'm like, okay. And then I continued on. You probably shouldn't punch people. But anyway, right. so yes. the mosh pitting has become a big thing. It's, it's been a big thing for many yes. years. Yes, yes. And it's a big thing at Travis Scott shows, supposedly. In any case... Uh, there are many people who have said that as Travis Scott has increased in popularity, he has dabbled more and more into the occult, Ooh. Illuminati, Illuminati themes, uh, and things of that sort to enhance his fame, enhance his fame, mm. uh, and maybe in, in his in, enhance his standing. And, and in that regard, he has released a lot of his promotional materials include um, imagery of uh, portals, like as in portals to hell, supposedly. Oh, oh my God. Um, transformation like somebody walking into a door and coming out a different color like these little characters and stuff mm. and you know the, the all-seeing eye are, is in a lot of yes. his a lot yes. of his stuff again a lot of the stuff when you think about it and when you look at it you go it's really really not that big of a deal but anyway a mm. lot of, in the wake of of the travis scott incident this has become a deal so i'm going to talk about that sure. in just a minute in any case so, uh, in 2017, he was actually arrested again for similar contact, uh, conduct to the Lollapalooza behavior after a performance in Arkansas uh, for something similar. A fan sued him and the organizers of the concert in Manhattan after someone fell from a balcony and was dragged on stage. Um, that, that, so, this kind of thing happens at Travis Scott shows, is mm. basically what I'm telling you. 2019, three people were trampled and injured as a crowd rushed to enter the compound at Astroworld itself. 2020, they didn't do a show in Astroworld because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So, um, in, 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 so you, t- you take all these past incidents and then the uh, occult Illuminati type of symbolism and the performances as well as promotional materials gets us to 2021. Mm-hmm. That's the background. 
in order to to, sh- to showcase the Astro World Festival itself, I've never been there, but supposedly it's a big, it's more of a big hip hop show. Um, but in recent years, he's included other acts, not just hip hop. As a matter of fact, in two, uh, 2019, Marilyn Manson was oh. a, uh, a a featured act, which you know. And I didn't talk about Marilyn Manson, but he is uh, the pinnacle yes. of symbolism yes. and occult practices right. and music. Right. And anyway, he's handsome. To, to get into Astro World Festival itself, you have to enter into this huge Travis Scott head into the mouth area. Oh, which many people say is reminiscent of these old timey depictions of entering hell. Like there would be the the mouth yes. of the devil. You have to walk into. You have to walk through the mouth to get right. in, and that's how you get into the Travis Scott. Uh, you ever walk into walked into a mouth before? I did date a big woman once. Mm. You entered her mouth. There are phrases like uh, "see you on the other side" on mm. his T-shirts and things like that. Again, it seems pretty innocuous, but when you put everything together, you fast forward to twenty nineteen. Uh, excuse me, twenty twenty, uh, about a month ago in November. So you get to the Travis Scott Festival, the Astro Festival. The stage was set up like a huge mountain. Have you seen any of the footage from this? You know, concert? I, I I try not to watch that kind of stuff to okay. be honest. So I don't I don't know all the specifics. I didn't look at I don't look at it more, much, but I looked at it in preparation for this show. So the stage was set up like this huge mountain. It was actually pretty cool looking. It was like a like a like a mountain scene. Hmm. And then in the middle of it, of the middle of the mountain was this large portal. So they put a lot of a lot, a lot of, of time and yeah, effort into the tons, imagery tons. that's going on. Yes. Here. Okay. Uh, this huge portal that some say looks uh, looks like a, a portal to hell. Like I said, the stage was supposedly set up in a form of an inverted cross. So like it would come out from the portal mm-hmm. and then had a cross section. But but if you think about music performances, a lot of stages look like that because there's a stage for people to come yes. out and then they, they like, walk into the crowd. They walk out into yes. the crowd stuff. Right. right. That's what it looked like to me. So, so, but some people say that the inverted cross led right into the portal. So hmm. you're looking at this thing. That's what it looks like. There was a lot of flames. There was a flaming phoenix that rose. A lot hmm. of a lot of pyrotechnics. A lot of flamers. Flames. Yep. Uh, and and these weird creatures that were like superimposed on the thing, like CGI creatures. You know, and I stuff. did see this one thing where it said there's like there was like a demon walking above the yeah, crowd. Yeah, there was some people walk. There was some like creatures walking above the crowd. That was part of the imagery. Part right? of the imagery that yeah. was like CGI'd on top hmm. onto the. Thing. It was actually a pretty cool set. For you, for you. Anyway. Wow, that's really weird. So this that's what the scene kind of looked like. So they sold out this concert. Yep. But people rushed the gates as were encouraged by Travis Scott in the past. Like rush the gates, rush prior the gates to... prior to the start of the show. Okay, so like the, they, you know, people, are, you you bought your ticket to Astro World and you you pay to get in. Mm. People just rushed security and knocked over the gates oh, and I started see. running in. So basically, what you had was fifty thousand people in an area that was supposed to hold like half that. Mm-hmm. So you have now you have fifty thousand people crammed into this spot. So Travis Scott comes out. It supposedly. This this is all happening before the show has even started. Right. So this this situation is happening. According to the Houston chief of police, which is a pretty high up position, mm. I would have to imagine, he personally told Travis Scott and his people, you need to cancel the concert. There's too many people in here. Something bad's going to happen. Well, let me ask you this, though. Yes. Real quick, just mm-hmm. to play devil's sure. advocate. Sure, sure. Uh, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. What happens if you cancel the show? No, that's a good and point. And there's that many people in there. Good point. So now they're going to lose their mind. Right, 50,000 people in there waiting for a show and you cancel it. Yes. I, again. How that, do you go about this safely? That's a my great question. Good question. I don't know. So supposedly the, the chief of police told them to cancel it. They didn't cancel it. They went ahead with the show anyway. So he comes up on stage. Everybody rushes the stage. Now, I don't go to concerts. Mm. You've been to probably way more concerts than me. But supposedly, 
you know, when a concert starts and people rush the stage, that's a dangerous time yes. to be in the crowd. So every, now you have 50,000 people pushing. Everybody pushing against a finite piece of real estate, right? Right. Because there's only so far you can go. There's a stage in the front. So almost immediately, people started getting crushed. The the And then when there's that many people pushing to get in a certain direction, all of a sudden, all this available space gets taken up. Mm-hmm. All the air gets taken up, and you start suffocating. You have nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. You Literally, you can't move. No matter how big and strong you are, you're not getting out of that. Because there's just so much mass pushing forward, so this, people started saying that um, they they felt the air leaving their lungs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they felt crushed. This is all non supernatural. This is just physics, right? This Correct. Is, this is what happens when you just have this many people. However, there were some other things that were happening supposedly along the same time. Supposedly, people were being injected with mysterious uh, uh, substances. People what? were going. People were going around stabbing people with needles. What do you mean? That that's what was that's what was going on in the crowd. Random random people, people were being randomly stabbed with by who? Unknown individuals. Right. This is weird. Right. So that's happening. You got people start passing out and falling out all over the place. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, if you pass out in that crowd, you can't fall down. You can't. You're stuck. So it's difficult to tell who's in distress and who's not. So supposedly this is all going on. This, this the concert starts. He comes out and he starts his his act and he's performing. So he's this is going on. He's starting the show. Starting the show, right? Mm. So this is going on. So, and, and I did I did witness uh, watch some uh, some videos and some interviews of some of the some of the survivors, and they came out and said um, they recognized what was going on immediately. They tried to get the attention of security. They tried to get the attention of concert uh, officials. They try to get the attention of Travis Scott himself to say, hey, somebody needs to stop this concert. Mm. There's people that are being injured. There's people that are probably going to die. So everybody's still, at this point, as the concert started, people are still pushing. Still pushing because they want to get to the front. Mm. So basically what happened, people start falling out. They're trying to get the the attention. A lot of these, the people that were trying to stop the show said that they felt, and this is, again, this is where you get subjectivity and whether this is real or imagined. The people were saying that the concert goers, the st- the concert staff, and Travis Scott all had this look on their face, like they were into some kind of a trance. They weren't mm. they weren't registering what anybody was saying, no matter what. So there was yelling and screaming. People were trying to get him to stop the show. He wouldn't stop the show. Um, and eventually, ten people ended up dying at this concert. Well, you know what? That I can be attributed to the 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 uh, trance like state. Yes, would be just disbelief. Just sure. You know, we're gonna just gonna go through the motions, and this isn't really happening, kind of thing. That's, I would agree with you to a point. However, mm. there is there is video that exists. I would encourage our listeners to check it out. There is video that is that exists of Travis Scott. He's he's in front of the stage and he's singing, which he's auto tuning, so he's not really singing. He's just kind of talking, and. A dead body, which he probably didn't know it was that the person, person was dead, but there, there was somebody that was clearly in distress and unconscious was being was being carried off the stage, and he's staring right at it mm. at this person, and he's eerily singing into his microphone, staring at the person, going "Yeah, yeah," and like it, well, it's the show very must creepy. Go on. <laughs> I mean, if you're on the, if you're a musician on the stage, you break a string on your guitar. You don't stop the show, right? You keep going. You would say you would say that. However, also video exists of previous shows where Travis Scott did stop the show oh. and said, "Everybody, back up! Somebody needs help. There's somebody down. We're gonna stop until so we get this guy out of here." So, what was the difference this time? That's a good question. So, some a lot of people are assuming that because of his continuous uh, descent into using the occult and, and, and Satanism, that mm-hmm. this was some kind of a 
a mass ritual oh. or a blood ritual. Well, he, he, and he wanted trying, this to trying happen. to sacrifice trying to sorts. sacrifice people. That's why he was excited that I this was you. happening. Because again, and in 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 contrast, and you've been again, you've been to a lot of concerts. They'll stop a concert if somebody's falls, if somebody's hurt, if somebody needs mm. medical attention. They'll the act will stop. Sure, and they'll they'll allow medical personnel to come in and take somebody out. Nobody, well, nobody. A lot of nobody wants to see their fans die unless it's uh, Limp Biscuit circa nineteen ninety nine. Hey, I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Oh, don't don't jump uh, ahead. I'm not jumping. <laughs> in. I'm not jumping ahead. So anyway, yeah. So ten people died in the Astro World uh, um, uh, tragedy, mostly due to um, asphyxiation. Sure, positional asphyxiation from from the crush of the crowd. There was some substance abuse yeah. supposedly that was taking place as well, and he's being sued to hell and back. I'm for sure he is. millions and millions of dollars at this point. So he's basically gone off the radar since November. Right. He did do one interview where he, he claims that he's a man of God and he would never do anything demonic or whatever. But um, some people think that, that this was all intentional. Hmm. So, Interesting. But again, I, you you briefly mentioned. So it is not out of the – it is not um, unprecedented that death happens at concerts. Mm-hmm. Uh, in uh, – 1969, the Rolling Stones at Altamont Speedway in That's California. Uh, somebody was killed in the audience uh, because the Rolling Stones had the Hell's Angels as their concert security. Yes, probably the Hell's bad, Angels were providing security for that. Bad idea. Which turned into a big poop sandwich. And they ended up killing somebody, unfortunately. Correct. Yes, that was bad. Yep. Uh, the, uh, the Who in Cincinnati. Have yep. you heard of this incident? Mm-hmm. 1979, 11 people were killed when an impatient crowd of 8,000 fans who had been waiting outside for hours... Uh, turned into a panic stampede about a pound being allowed into the venue. Uh, the band was not told of the deaths until after the show, and they were uh, supposedly collectively heartbroken. Roger Daltrey wanted to cancel the tour, um, and they actually considered, the Who considered disbanding mm. after, after this incident in 1979, but they didn't. Interesting. Yeah, so 11 people died in that one. Uh, the Metallica and Guns N' Roses concert in Montreal. Have you heard of this? Yes, of James this Hetfield got caught on fire. That's correct. Yes. He, uh James Heffield was caught on fire in an incident due, due to pyrotechnics. Axel Rose further disappointed the audience by showing up late and then leaving an hour into the set due to the reported vocal issues that he was uh, having. And the crowd of over 50,000 people began rioting, smashing the windows, setting fires. Yes. Uh, this was in 1992. It ended up being in a riot. Well, there was a theory that um, Axel Rose, the reason that he didn't want to perform was because he got upstaged by James Hetfield. <laughs> Being lit on fire. <laughs> exactly. Because that's what kind of egomaniac he was at the time. Yeah, I don't know if he still is. And then, and then again, quickly, as you mentioned, Woodstock 99, there was hot temperatures, long lines for water, uh, poor sanitation. Uh, generally, there was a bad vibe in the crowd. And then Limp Bizkit got up on stage and basically encouraged the crowd to destroy things. They, they, they played yes. their song, uh, Break Stuff. Yep. And... Uh, supposedly, also there's a there's a documentary about this. You can you can watch. It's actually a pretty good documentary. I forget the name of it. Probably called Woodstock, where concert organizers were begging Fred Durst of Limp Bizkit to to kind of calm the crowd down. Mm. And he's like, "F you, I'm doing this anyway." And it ended up in people getting uh, messed up. So a quick funny story about Woodstock '99. So at that time, I was um, an active duty uh, Marine in mm. the Marine Corps, and I was stationed at a uh, a local outpost, local outpost, if you will. And I had told my friends because I was in contact with some of my friends that were still um, in, uh, you know, back home where I grew up. Some of my close friends. Right. And one of my friends said to me, "Hey, we're going to Woodstock '99, and uh, we're going out there. We're going to have fun. It's going to be a great time." So I knew of a few of my close friends from back home that were going to attend this show. Mm-hmm. 
I told all my friends in the Marine Corps that my friends were going to be there. And we're watching, you know, we were able to, uh, fortunately, we were able to watch some of it on TV. Right. Not all of it, but some of it. One of the scenes, the camera was panning by, and I swear to God, I saw my friend from back home with his hands raised in the midst of the chaos that was going on. I don't know how you were able to do that. It was him. It was him. I'm telling you it was him, and he was there, and he was on MDV. Well, hopefully he wasn't one of the ones that was burning stuff and probably de- was. destroying probably. You know what he did? Because knowing him, he probably took a poop, got and f- he lit it on fire, and, and then threw the poop and, across. And he got in a fight with somebody a cop, with probably. Probably. That's probably what happened, because he likes poop. Yeah. But anyway, so the whole Travis Scott thing, I, I believe, and this is my personal opinion, I don't believe that he was doing anything that he didn't normally do, mm-hmm. and that this was a confluence of events. Okay. You have you have a crowd, uh, double the amount of people that are supposed to be there. You have uh, him running his normal show like he normally does. People got out of control, and then this tragedy occurs. I don't I don't see anything weird about this specific incident or this specific concert that would have been um, especially you know damning as far as making him seem like he was doing something demonic on purpose or anything like that. Right. I say I, I think what a lot of times what happens in in certain situations and travesties and uh, things like that is that people kind of read into exactly uh, si- certain situations and they try to see something that maybe isn't necessarily there. Yeah. Um, but I guess the over the the overall question would be does music in an, in and of itself have some sort of supernatural um, influence over people. Surpri- well, surprisingly, quick anecdote: uh, in the in the wake of this incident, a famous member of a famously supposedly demonic band from the seventies and eighties mm. came out and said this was a demonic, satanic ritual. Can oh. you guess who that was? Is that Black Sabbath? Nope. Led Zeppelin. Nope. Uh, oh, it was an individual in a band. An individual in a band. Not one of the bands that you mentioned. <laughs> Anyway, it was Ace Freely of Kiss came out and said this was clearly a satanic event that went wrong. Really? Yes, and he took a lot of heat from people for saying that because he was involved in Kiss, which, again, was was rumored to be Mm. a a, a satanically linked band. But if people died, did it go wrong, or is that what they intended? That's exactly right. So, right. So according to that rationale, maybe it it didn't go wrong. It went correctly. Mm. People died. Due to an unforeseen technical difficulty, the last few minutes of this program have been cut off. We'll see you again next time on The Eon Project. And just remember, the truth exists. Believe it.